This time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Korach. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Korach contains nine mitzvos, five positive mitzvos, and four prohibitions. Once again, we encounter a tough parsha. The first half, or a little bit more of the parsha, deals with the rebellion of Korach, a first cousin of Moshe, against the authority of Moshe and Aaron. Interestingly, when this authority is uh, clearly maintained and demonstrated from on high, especially with the miracle of the staff that each tribe brings and the staff of the tribe of Levi miraculously sprouts overnight, following the literal, incredible miracle of the earth swallowing up Korach, his family, and his band, Dasan and Aviram, that joined him. It is clear from the first part of the integrity and the special place of Kahuna within the Jewish people. The second half of the parasha deals with the gifts that are given to the Kohen, including the gift of Pidyon Haben. I'd like to focus on the first part of the parsha, specifically Korach. Korach, unfortunately, is a tragic figure in a tragic story. Now, at first glance, his platform that he espouses of Kikola Eda Kulam Kedoshim, meaning that he says the entire assembly, all of them, the entire people are holy, Uvisocham Hashem, and Hashem is among them. At first glance, what he's saying is correct. However, the conclusion of the Pasuk, whereby he says, Umaduatisnasu Al Kahal Hashem, then why do you exalt yourself? over the congregation of Hashem, this is most perplexing. Basically, Korach is saying, Moshe, who are you to be the leader of the Jewish people? Why is this so challenging? Because how could he, Korach, question the suitability, the eligibility of Moshe and Aaron to lead the Jewish people? After all, right before the Oz what does the Torah tell us? The Torah says that when they saw the Egyptians drowned, by Aminu Bashem, they had faith in Hashem, Uva Moshe Avdo, and in Moshe as his servant. And moreover, in the Perek, Yutes 19, in Parshas Yisro, that we read on the first day of Shavuos, Hashem tells Moshe, what 
was to be the initial plan that God was going to appear to Moshe Be'av Anan in the thickness of the cloud and so that the people will hear when Hashem speaks to him Ve'gam ya'aminu le'olam and they will also believe in you Moshe forever meaning Hashem is assuring the Jewish people that Moshe will have that very special place of leadership forever. So how is it possible that Moshe, excuse me, that Korach can challenge Moshe's authority? In addition, Korach is an accomplished individual. He is an usher. He is wealthy. He is chacham. He is wise. And he was, as the Medrash tells us, in the Medrash Rabbah, he was Chacham Godol He had the prestigious privilege of being one of those who carried the Holy Ark. He was endowed with prophecy. So what led him to this folly. And Rashi gives, interesting, two answers. The first Rashi, and the first answer, is given in Rashi's commentary on the very first Pasuk, in this parsha, whereby Rashi quotes the Medrash, the Korach was motivated by jealousy. How so? He was disappointed that he was not selected to be the head of the family of Levites of Kahas. After all, said Korach, and Rashi quotes this Medrash from chapter 18, paragraph 2 in Medrash Rabbah, My father, Yitzhar, was one of four brothers, Amram Kahas, Hebron and Uziel. Amram, the oldest one, his sons, Moshe and and Aaron, they, one took kingship, and the other one took Kohen Gadol. Now, when the next position is the Nasi, the prince, over all the members of Kahas, shouldn't it go to the second son, meaning to Yitzhar? And I am the son of Yitzhar. Should it not come to me? Mi ro'ui litol lo Isn't it coming to me? And unfortunately, Korach accuses Moshe of giving it to the son of the youngest one, namely Uziel, that it was given to Elitzaphon ben Uziel. Korach thinks Moshe did it on his own, and therefore Korach is slighted. Indeed, this designation in reality was made by Hashem himself. But the first cause of Korach's rebellion, says Rashi, is a sense of jealousy 
that he had. And this, unfortunately, consumed him. Now, interestingly, Rashi, in his commentary in Pasuk Zion, tells us, Eino hit oso. Literally, it was his eye that led him astray. Now, what does that mean? His eye led him astray. So, Rashi tells us that he saw prophetically that a great chain of distinguished descendants, including the Navi, the prophet Shmuel, would come from him. And in addition, he saw no less than 24 groups of Mishmaros, rotations of his descendants, each serving a week in the Beit HaMikdash. And thus he realized and reasoned and said to himself that these extraordinary progeny, these descendants that are going to come from him, they will ensure his survival in his confrontation with Moshe. If I am privileged to have such descendants, it must mean that I'm correct. Now, the question, first of all, can be asked, is Rashi providing two different motives to explain Korach's behavior, namely, jealousy on the one hand, and secondly, his misreading the future, or perhaps they are, these two are two sides of the same coin. And I'd like to suggest that in reality that is indeed the case, that these two reasons are really one and the same. Rashi's first explanation defines the negius, the bias that consciously or subconsciously consumed Korach. Now once he convinced himself that he was slighted, that he was wronged, once his desire for honor consumed him, then in keeping with the biblical prohibition of not taking shochad, of not being bribed, Korach now viewed everything through his tinted glasses. He did see correctly that Shmuel and 24 prestigious Mishmaros watches would descend from him. However, unlike his reading of the future, and he attributes to himself self-aggrandizement, he attributes to himself glory, the rabbis tell us that indeed, why did he warrant this special progeny? Because number one, his sons did shuva. And secondly, the Kiddush Hashem, that the Gemara in Baba Basra, Taf Ayin Dalit, points out that those who were swallowed up by the earth, what happened is, the Talmud says, that they are constantly proclaiming Moshe Emes, Visoroso emes. Moshe is true and his Torah is true. Vyanachnu Badoim and we are liars. And it's this Kiddush Hashem which rewarded him with the privilege of the 24 Mishmaros. The Mesilas Yisharim in chapter Yud Aleph teaches that the most toxic bias is the lust, the taiva for kavod for honor.
He cites the Zohar that explains that the downfall of the Miraglim, the, twi- the twelve spies that were sent to spy out the land of which we read last week, and they returned with the most devastating and damaging report. Now the exact question that was asked above regarding Korach, how could Korach do it, you can ask once again regarding the spies, of whom the Torah says, Kulam they were all distinguished men. Hashem Himself had assured them that it was an Eretz, Tova. It was a good land, Zavas Cholov Udvash, flowing with milk and honey. How could they return with a report that contradicted God Himself? And the answer, explains the Zohar, was their fear of losing their positions of leadership that would not be renewed in a different environment and setting, namely in the land of Israel. Thus, to retain their honorable stations, they too wore the tinted glasses of Negeus, of bias, and their report was couched to ensure that they will retain the status quo in the desert. The Mishnah teaches in Avos, in chapter 1, Mishnah 6, Aseluch Accept a teacher upon yourself and acquire a friend for yourself. And I'd like to suggest another reason for this teaching. We are taught in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Yud Amar Aleph, 10a, Adam Korov Liatsmo, a person is naturally biased towards oneself. And therefore, we are too often quick to see the faults and shortcomings of the next one, but not our own. We can see through the next one. We can connect the dots of their rejection, their hurt, their slight and their humiliation, and therefore their subsequent actions that often are in deviance from their otherwise pristine character. And so what do we learn from this week's parsha? Be that friend. Point out the Nagiyas bias that is obstructing their clear thought, perspective, and vision. Be a good friend. Because a good friend cleans their friend's tinted glasses. And I close with the Rambam in his commentary on Avos, Perik Aleph, Mishnevav, and he speaks of three different categories of friends. There is what he calls Ohev Toeles, whereby two partners, they need each other, they're friends, each one benefits from the next. Ohev Menucha, a friend to go on vacation with, enjoy their company. Oeb Bitachon, a neighbor who each one has a sense of trust. You watch my house, I'll help watch your house. But the ultimate friendship is the Oeb Mala, whereby both have a common goal and destiny in the friendship. The Yirtzekol Echod Lahiozer Bechavero. Each one wants to be benefited and grow from the next one to complement the next one. And therefore a good friend will point out to their friend that they are wearing tinted glasses and therefore be honest. This is the motivation. And this is what, unfortunately, no one pointed out to Korach. He went the wrong way. We should be that good friend one to another. Shabbat Shalom to all.